Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to this episode of Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm your host, David Thornton. With the global economic landscape becoming increasingly complex, investors are on the hunt for quality. Joining us today on that hunt is Nikki Thomas from Magellan and Adam Chandler from Claremont Global. Welcome, guys. Thanks. All right, let's get straight into it. Uh, we're going to talk Nike. Adam, I'll start with you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? It's a buy for us. Um, an incredibly resilient business across time. And if you look at that top line for Nike, going back right the way back to the turn of the century, um, they've only had two down years. The down years have been you know, very marginal, um, low single digit decline. So you know, very resilient top line. Where they've had more issues recently has been with their margins. So we've seen that in terms of their freight costs and some of the inventory costs which they've had to face. So short term, a dampener on margins. Um, but longer term, what we can see is a real path for them taking margins up to the high teens, and that's with their move to direct distribution. Um, so for those reasons, at the moment, we think earnings are depressed. Um, and on top of that, it's trading at a multiple, um, which compared with history is relatively low. So a buy for us. Nikki, the stock's down about 20% year to date. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Yeah, I'm a sell. Uh, I think Nike is an incredible franchise. Uh, I've owned it in the past. Uh, it's, a, it's a really clever business. Uh, but right now, as they, and they've made a big pitch around moving direct to consumer. So what that means is for every pair of shoes they sell, it used to be they'd split the money between themselves and the retailer. And increasingly, they're cutting the retailer out and they're getting the full value of the shoes. Um, and, and that means lots of margin expansion as you go through that. So it sounds like a great strategy, but it hasn't been working that well in the short term and issues around that, COVID hasn't helped. But the bigger issue for me is this is a big business in China. The Chinese consumer is increasingly under pressure and also under pressure to buy local and are moving away from Western brands. And when such a big part of that business is dependent on that China franchise, I'm nervous that there's more earnings downgrades ahead before we see the bottom on this, what is typically a, a pretty good quality business. So, uh, look, I'm just a sell for now and I'd keep watching it. Nikki, I'll stay with you. We'll move on to the retail behemoth, Amazon. Is it a buy, hold or a sell? It's a buy. It, it's run a lot in the short term uh, from lows, but we tend to take a longer term view and I think the market's just starting to recognise the enormous value creation that's coming in its two major pieces, actually three. Uh, the AWS cloud business is going to dominate in that hyperscale place and generative AI is additive to that whole story. Uh, then they overbuilt their distribution network and now they're actually starting to get leverage across that. And so there's a huge story. They're taking more than 25% of every extra dollar of market share in retail sales in the US at the moment. So dominating in retail sales growth. And that gives them operating leverage in that business. And then you've got the advertising piece on top of that. So I think it's probably, you know, 
not going to do much in the very short term, but you just put this stock in your bottom drawer and you're going to make a lot of money over the next three years. Adam, it has returned about 6% this year. Is there still some juice left in the tank? It's a hold for us. Um, look, it's an amazing company in terms of the innovation and you can just list off the products. Think of Prime or AWS or what they've done with the third party sales. But that's a double-edged sword um, because it does mean that they're reinvesting a lot into the business. That means that the margins are thinner and also in terms of um, the capital um, that they're spending. And so they've had negative um, cash flow you know, on and off over the last couple of years. So great business, but for us, just a little bit harder in terms of that predictable earning stream that we're looking for and doesn't quite fit within our um, sort of wheelhouse of companies. Adam, uh, I'll stick with you. We'll move on to Visa. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Uh, Visa's a buy for us. Um, we love the business, obviously. A fantastic network business. So very hard to recreate the network that they had. Um, Visa came out of um, banks owning it. And um, as a result of that, over time, what they've built up is you know, over 4 billion cards. You've got over 15,000 banks and then you've got um, 100 million merchants who all use Visa. So an incredible network effect, which gives us a lot of confidence in that sustainable competitive advantage that we've been talking about. Um, and then on top of that, you've got the tailwinds of moving to digital payments and away from cash. I mean, anyone who's tried to you know, find an ATM to pay a, a tradie recently has probably had the same issue. You know, they're just dwindling and obviously we're all using our cards more and, and tap and go. So when we get to the, the financials of it, that recurring revenue um, that we see is just amazing and incredibly high margins. So almost 70% operating margin, the typical S&P company, you know, averaging around 15. So very profitable. Um, we love it for all those reasons. Quite the moat. Nikki, are you similarly bullish? Yeah, I mean, Visa and MasterCard have been in the Magellan strategies, both high conviction and global, um, pretty much through the last 15 years for the global strategy. So. Uh, you know, we're clearly big fans of the payment space. Uh, I, maybe I'm a hold right now just because I don't think there's anything that's going to see it dramatically do better than what the market expects right now. But are you going to get double digit compound returns through time out of this business? Oh, I think so. So um, great company to own. Put it in your bottom drawer and keep holding it. <laughs> All right. So we've uh, given you a couple of stocks there, but we also asked our guests to bring along a couple of their own high quality names. Nikki, what have you got for us today? Yeah, so I brought ASML. ASML is a Dutch listed company, but it is essentially uh, the enabler of Moore's Law. So this is the company that makes the lithography equipment that sits inside the foundries that manufacture semiconductors. And if you think about the where our world is headed over the next decade, semiconductors are going to be in everything. They're pretty much in everything today. And the, the use cases for this just continue to expand. ASML are the only people who make EUV equipment uh, and so you know they are just superbly positioned for the growth in that industry. It's interesting right now because there's a cycle that always happens in semiconductors and it means the stock right now is being priced as if there's a, a, a bad cycle coming and it's, it's too cheap for what you're getting. So I think it's a really extraordinary opportunity to buy this incredible business because the market's discounting a short-term concern and forgetting about the long-term opportunity. Chip manufacturers have been on fire this year. Adam, what have you got for us? Um, Agilent Technologies is one that we really like. We've been adding to it in our portfolio. So Agilent Technologies provide, um, or are a leader in um, precision instruments. So they provide 
instrumentation to around 250,000 labs around the world. Um, and that's a really sticky um, product because once you're in the workflow for a lab, um, it's very hard to move it on. There's obviously um, you know, regulation around that and, and you're deeply integrated and embedded. So we really like it for those reasons. And then it's the razor and razor blade model. So you have the instrumentation which sits in the lab and then they're selling the consumables or they're selling the services on top. And as they've been increasing their attach rates, we're selling more of those two things. Um, we've seen margins go up as well. More recently, the end market has been a little bit bumpy um, and China is part of the reason for that. Uh, but we see that as being the opportunity. Once again, we're thinking long-term um, and its multiple is quite depressed relative to historical levels. So we like Agilent. Well, that's all we have time for this week. If you enjoyed that episode, please give it a like and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're uploading content like that every week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.